Election College, episode 214. Louisa Catherine Johnson Adams. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. I love talking about the Q. Because, yeah, I just always envision him sitting there, older guy in the House of Representatives, doing his thing, opposing the gag rule. Spying on the opposition. Yep. But behind every good spy... Behind every good curmudgeon, even if it's a positive curmudgeon, there is a powerful woman. And that's who we're talking about today, Louisa Adams. Man, can you imagine being married to the son of Abigail Adams? It's a lot of pressure. A ton of pressure. So I guess we'll get right into it because people are not wanting to hear us wax on about that. I think they do. I think people like listening to us. You think so? Yeah. If they're still listening after this many episodes, I would hope they at least somewhat enjoy it, or else it's kind of almost masochistic. Yeah. That would be terrible. <laughs> hey, Ben, speaking of which, we don't usually promote ourselves at the beginning of podcasts, but I do have to say this. It's a crazy thing when people say, hey, you guys need to talk about such and such person, uh-huh. because not only is it flattering knowing that the person is listening to the podcast, that they're taking time to comment and say hey, would you talk about this person? But chances are, if you want us to talk about this p- person, you probably know something about them. Mm-hmm. You just want to hear us talk about it. That's really awesome. And we've gotten some comments like that recently. And Absolutely. I just to thank all those people because it's such an encouragement. But anyway, Louisa Adams, pretty fascinating lady because she's the first first lady who was not born in America. And... <laughs> That's where we begin her story in February of 1775. Louisa Catherine Johnson was born in London. She was born to Catherine Nuff. Uh, she was an English woman and Joshua Johnson, who was an American merchant. Yeah. And so Louisa has six sisters, which is crazy, and one brother. And she grows up in London and France and the family had taken refuge there during the American Revolution. So it was a bit of uh, an interesting time for them. She ends up meeting John Quincy Adams, the Q, at her father's house in London. And her father had actually been appointed as United States Consul General there. And the Q comes over to meet up with them and, uh, you know, discuss some business, I'm sure. And so there you have it, kind of the most unlikely meeting of people. And there it is. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the cue is like, hey, I like your older sister, but uh, I guess you'll do. I'll settle for you. (laughs) Man, what a legacy. Yeah. They get married. Adams is 30 years old. Louisa is 22 years old. And John Adams, the president of the United States ended up not meeting her for at least a few years because of the distance that they were separated by. Yeah, they didn't get together on Skype or anything. Wow. So, man, what a different time. 
we're speaking of different times, Jason, we were just talking before this about editing and you were talking about how you had to splice some tape together to make a basketball bounce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a little In more delicate audio, than that. Not yeah. actual basketball. I probably would have done well to bring a basketball into the recording studio and bounce it. Oh. Because what, what you had to do is, so you had this master reel of sound effects and then you recorded it onto another reel and then you spliced it. It's horrible. Yeah. It's a lot easier nowadays. Be thankful, everybody. You get paper cuts. If we had to edit like this for this show, this show would not come out twice a week. It might not come out twice ever. (laughs) 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 So anyway, her parents leave Europe in 1797 and they end up going over to the United States. And then her father gets put into bankruptcy. And John Adams, her father-in-law, is like, you know what? You should be the director of stamps. And so maybe a little bit of nepotism or something like that going on there. But hey, it's it's all right. Man, what does the director of stamps do? That's a great question. We could Google that, but I don't think we're going to. I just want to picture some person having a big stamp collection. And I wonder if it was like the precursor to the Postmaster General or was that already a thing? I don't know. See, I have no clue. Well, her dad dies in 1802 of a severe fever. Her mom is left to provide for the family, but they're really struggling. So to add insult to injury, or should I say injury to insult, her dad ends up passing away in 1802 of a severe fever. And her family is really left with very little at all. Uh, That's a stark contrast than the Adamses. But it wasn't just her dad who suffered from uh, maladies. Uh, Louisa herself was a very sick person. She had migraine headaches and she would faint. She had several miscarriages after she and the Q got married. She didn't really care too much for Massachusetts. I mean, here she grew up in the big city of London, and she also uh, spent some time in France. She thought Massachusetts was kind of dull. She said the Adams home was like something out of Noah's Ark. Uh, So I don't know if that means it was kind of wet (laughs) inside or maybe just wet on the outside, but I'm sure it was dank (laughs) compared to some of what she experienced in Europe. But she did get along with his rotundity. Uh, they differed sometimes, but uh, she liked she liked the old man. And as far as Abigail goes, she said that Abigail Adams was, quote, the guiding planet around which we all revolved. Yeah, so in 1809, the Q gets called up as the minister to Russia, and Louisa goes with him and ends up leaving her two older sons in Massachusetts so they could continue their education there. While she's in Russia, she is, you know, has to struggle with these cold winters. She has strange customs that she's not familiar with. Uh, and she doesn't have a lot of money. And also she's not in really poor, she, she's not in good health at all. And so uh, they had another child who then passed away pretty quickly after birth, uh, under a year after that. So it was a rough time there when they were in Russia. They end up going to Ghent, then they end up going to London. Uh, she ends up going 
all across Europe, which is like, you know, war ravaged by just a simple coach uh, in the middle of winter. So, uh, you know, there's all the things that go along with it being winter in Europe and traveling by coach. But then you've also got kind of a lawless highwayman scenario happening as well, where you have, you know, a bunch of people who are in hard times just hoping to get over on somebody else. So she and her son were uh, kind of terrified. Yeah. And just to think now she wrote all this stuff down, like this journey that Mm -hmm. she took across Europe. I cannot imagine what that would have been like. She probably had quite a constitution (laughs) for being able to handle such a, a trip. And you know what? was the Q doing? Did he take the Concord or something? You know, (laughs) Um, where was he during this? He kind of didn't have to bear some of the burdens that she did. And speaking of that, she mentioned, you know, on numerous occasions that it was difficult being married into the Adams family. We know that the Q suffered from some different uh, disorders and uh, dealt with a lot of different personality quirks as well. And then John Adams, his father, is not said to have been one of the most easy people to get along with either. So you can just imagine that her uh, time (laughs) being with those people was a little bit frustrating at times. So they're back in stateside in 1817 when James Monroe appoints the Q as his Secretary of State. So they moved to Washington, and Louisa, she... Uh, has her drawing room and she has these gatherings on Tuesday evenings where uh, she has music and she hosts different diplomatic corps and these theater parties really contribute to her reputation as an outstanding hostess. Yeah. And being in the white house was great, except for the fact that, you know, there's a lot of politics going around and she's also uh, pretty deeply depressed at this point. Uh, but so she kind of withdraws and she prefers to, you know, read alone and quietly. She liked to uh, put together some music and play her harp and stuff like that. Uh, so really, as the first lady, she was kind of withdrawn, uh, definitely depressed. Before the first, she was the first lady, she was known more socially. Uh, but after that, after that, point, she definitely became reserved. And it's something we don't think about now. I mean, we certainly don't think about it in the past, but can you imagine, you know, if your spouse becoming the president or any high ranking official, but especially the president, how much pressure is on them, obviously, but then also on their family? Um, It's a job for the whole family and not not that it's as serious of a job for someone who's not the president, but uh, I can only imagine that it would be incredibly tense and tough at times. Yeah. And think about it. The 1824 election going through that. Uh, now, not to get her husband off the hook because he was the instigator for some of the nastiness that was going on in that election. And then again in 1828, I mean, we're going to be talking about Rachel Jackson in the next episode. And I don't want to give away the whole thing, but that's rough on the ladies. Interestingly enough, As we were researching this, Ben, I came across this line that uh, the Q wrote about her that she would wind silk from silkworms in the White House. And I had to look this up. 
I'm sure in elementary school, you learn how silkworms work and how they spit out silk. (laughs) But (laughs) it's a fascinating process. And there are people in countries right now, like right this second, when you're listening to this podcast right now, think about it. There are people in the world who are like harvesting the silk that's made from silkworms and turning it into clothing. It's fascinating to me that such a substance comes from a worm and that it has the strength and it's really a cool process. Yeah. But yeah, Louisa Adams, she was all about working with the silk. (laughs) So you can imagine, this is just really humorous to me, the cue gets done being the president. She's like, whew, we finally get to go back to Massachusetts and retire. And then in 1831, the Q is like, hey, you know what? For the next 17 years, I'm going to be a member of the House of Representatives for the United States. And she's like, dang it. (laughs) 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 So it does not add to her uh, emotional stability, of course, either when her two oldest sons uh, pass away. Uh, The fact that she is back in Washington where she didn't think she would be and the Q recognized that it was not an easy life he put her through and uh, gave her credit for being always being very uh, faithful and affectionate. Uh, the Q dies at the Capitol in 1848. Jason, we stood outside the room where he passed away in the Capitol. It's just kind of crazy to think about that. But she ends up staying in Washington after that point for about another four years, uh, where she is about 77 when she has a heart attack and also passes away. And on that day, the both houses of Congress adjourn, and they adjourn in mourning. And this is the first time where any woman had been honored with that. Yeah, it's fascinating, especially when you consider, okay, yeah, it's one thing to be a woman in this era and be the recipient of such admiration from both houses of Congress, but to also think that she was the first foreign-born woman to serve as first lady and you know it wasn't until well just this past year with mrs trump being the second foreign born first lady it's a rare thing yeah absolutely it's also a rare thing for any podcast out there to have such good fans like we have and we're really uh, impressed by that and we want to give you an opportunity to prove yourselves on how good of a fan you are by going over to itunes and leaving us a review and if you can make your way out of that mess i just wove head over to electioncollege.com review and leave us a review on itunes where other people will be able to see what a great show we have and hopefully they'll tune in as well yeah wow it's like we dare you to leave a review i dare you i dare you to hit five stars jason i triple dog dare them Ooh. <laughs> and speaking of double dog daring you to do something, well, we also challenge you to leave a comment on social media where we can interact with you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Election College. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>